and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello everyone, my name is Scott McLeod, welcome to a very special episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat that is absolutely gallus, <laughs> <laughs> as we are here to preview NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, but first let me introduce you to my panel, I myself like to think of myself as Mark Coffey, and that I have an older brother who gets most of the attention, you know, can be argued I'm more talented, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ross McLeod, hey Ross. Uh, I, I don't even know how to respond to that one, to be honest with you, that's why. That's quite a good one. Right. Ross is the host of our upcoming Royal Rumble quiz, and Ross, be honest, is there around a bit of viscera? There was, there was meant to be a viscera around, but the, the corrupt overlords that are Kwaku and Stephen Wilson uh, shouted me down from it. So there will be, as they did think it would give Gary an unfair advantage. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a viscera around, it would please our next member of the panel. He's absolutely howling on the hoots. It's Gary Cameron. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. I love that three seconds in, and we've got a Vistler reference into oh. an NXT UK takeover. I know Kwaku is listening to this right now going, oh, for sake. Oh, I was, I, did you notice I said NXT UK takeover and didn't do a Johnny Saint and say NXT takeover Blackpool <laughs> <laughs> UK? Johnny Saint's like 105 year old. He'd rather be in bed with a biscuit and a cup of tea. Leave me alone. <laughs> Honestly, who better to talk about NXT UK Blackpool because we are going to be in attendance there yeah. along with Sarah Grieve who couldn't be here because, in her words, Scott, stop messaging you, I'm not going to be in your podcast, it's two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Lucy will be there, but she asked for too much money. <laughs> I told her you'd get a stick of rock in Blackpool and that's that. Stock of rock in Blackpool. I know, we, we've got celebrations in Haribo, clearly we did not negotiate well enough. Well, Those are for the adults. <laughs> we've got a, on Saturday morning a three and a bit hour road trip to the Blackpool the Road to take over for us. Probably starts at 12 noon <laughs> on Saturday. It starts with us going on the motorway pointing to signs. Yes. I think the Beastie Boys song No Sleep to Blackpool doesn't have a, as much a ring to it. <laughs> well, it might cause some trouble on the motorway when we see the Blackpool sign and we stop the car to get out to take a picture of point the point sign. <laughs> it's not the same without the pyro going off around it though, is it? <laughs> Before we get it, maybe sure you're subscribed to us on all good podcasting sites, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, give us a like, rate and subscribe, and make sure you give us five stars, maybe six, it's not possible, don't be stupid, and we <laughs> follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, all at Suplex Retweets. But first let's get into NXT UK as a whole, also the UK brand's been going since three years ago at Blackpool with the first UK tournament, and obviously it's good that they're going back to where they started, but NXT UK, the show itself, was not announced until the Royal Albert Hall. What was your thoughts on this announcement? It kind of feels like we knew the show was coming, but it's felt like ages until it was announced again. Well, I was at the Royal Albert Hall the night it was announced, and I was doing some live tweeting for <laughs> Suplex Retweet, and to say my phone went into meltdown on the back of that, so I got the little video clip of Triple H announcing it, and we poke broke the news. I think we were probably one of the first sites to break the news. Yes. Follow oh, Suplex but... Retweet on Twitter for breaking wrestling news. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, yeah. I was, um, whilst it was rumoured that it was coming, it had been rumoured for a long time, yeah. and granted it probably was only the world of sport getting commissioned that caused WWE to act. Mm-hmm. So in the world, world of WWE, you can, even though something's rumoured, you never, you, you know, yeah. can't believe it's going to happen until it happens. So I was excited when it was announced. I left the, the arena, I loved the two nights of the show there, I left the arena absolutely buzzing, but then became a bit frustrated 
uh, at the lack of information from WWE because we knew that tapings mm. were happening yeah. but we had no idea when this was going to air and what it was going to look like and then mm. suddenly we got the cl- little clips of trailers saying coming soon and then it was here mm-hmm. yeah because uh, they even announced touring dates for like uh, the tapings they had mm. Cambridge Birmingham Plymouth and Liverpool and by the time it came out we were only had one taping left we were mm. like three tapings yeah. behind so people who went to Liverpool were probably very confused as to what the hell is happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah obviously we are ICW fans and we were a wee bit frustrated with the fact we were in the midst of an Aaron Echo Kenny Williams feud and mm-hmm. Joe vs Mark Joe vs Mark as well Kenny Williams obviously touring with the NXT UK brand and Mark and Joe as we'll talk about later have become like a a proper big part of this brand as it's becoming a whole there. Mm-hmm. Obviously we'll talk about their storyline later, but um, we were a wee bit frustrated obviously, people going to Shugs, you know, it was two big matches we were promised and then NXT UK came out, they had no announced date, they did it in the middle of July mm-hmm. on Shugs weekend and then we were like, well, can we at least know when it's happening? Like, uh-huh. are, you, are you filming four weeks of TV and then airing it the next week? Are we, mm-hmm. like, what, what is happening? And obviously, like we said, very frustrating, no information was given and then a I didn't think it was that big an announcement, it was just sort of like on a Monday, then it's yeah. on Raw. Oh, by the way, see you on Wednesday. Uh, if you've left the telly on after NXT normal, NXT UK is on if you like what. I think uh, even though they couldn't be there, I think Shugs was still a blinding weekend of mm. wrestling regardless, because yeah, it's still like they brought in all these big guys for outside, and oh, you wish they wouldn't always rely on people for outside, it's still a great weekend, I think. Oh, Shugs was fantastic, yeah. and we got those matches, and then we got them mm-hmm. at the Hydro, yeah, but I think more. it had. Um, it lost some of his momentum yeah, by it then. Yeah, it was one of the ones we know this is happening eventually. And I think that was, so we talk about NXT UK as a whole, a lot of people came out and said NXT UK as a brand yeah. will damage the independency. And then I think a lot of ICW fans felt they were like they were verified in their opinion with that because obviously we get two big matches taken off us, even though the shows were still amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also you said eventually they made it to the network and I want to see what your thoughts are on the show so far because within a couple of weeks of it airing they suddenly started doing this thing where they're rushing airing two episodes a week rather than just the one. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like they're rushing it because you realise how far behind they were. Yeah, it was so that week three wasn't it? So we got one episode a week for the first two weeks yeah. and then week three we got episode three and four. I, mean, I, I would say just to, to go back to so Scott that I've really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of episodes I thought were a wee bit slower to get started in the sense that they were establishing themselves and introducing the characters yeah. to to the to us. Uh, but the last couple of weeks I thought they've been I thought they've been really good, particularly yeah. now they've got a destination that they're working towards. Mm-hmm. But that um two episode thing, there was something um one of the episodes I was watching recently said last month when Mastiff and Dennis <laughs> got together, I was like last month that was that was last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, would you call it as well? I I actually fell quite behind on NXT. I'm still not fully caught up, but um, not doing your homework, Ross. Yes, I. Uh, yes, Mister Johnny Saint, the, the headmaster, would be upset. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, it's only it's only about nine weeks. I mean, I'm I'm not back to college to the six. I mean, I can I can knock that out in about two days. You know what I mean? And then I forgot that it was two episodes a week, and I've had to. I was way back at episode 3, I'm still only on episode 20, so I've got two, two weeks I've still not watched yeah. and obviously at the time of recording there are two more to go. Yeah, I think it's a wee bit peculiar because one of the things that we know WWE is really good at is their production. Yeah. So I find it a wee bit odd that they've, they've produced these shows and they've edited them but they have continued to release them as if they are happening weeks apart yeah. and not just try to repackage it as a two hour episode. 
Yeah, I think that would be smarter. I think they were planning on going to obviously. I think they still had the Blackpool date booked, but yeah. we saw it as well with Evolution, and we were rumoured to be getting an NXT UK Women's Title match, mm-hmm. but we they ended up putting that as the dark match because NXT TV still hadn't announced the NXT UK Women's Title tournament yet. Yeah. Rhea Ripley in a dark match, the yeah, defending <laughs> yeah. a title that, in kayfabe terms, did not exist yet. <laughs> Like the million dollar title. <laughs> <laughs> a Vista reference and a million dollar title reference. Eight minutes in. Let's listen for yeah. One of the other Content. Things, <laughs> yeah, just one of the other things I was going to say whilst we're talking about the production is the commentary. I, I much prefer the live commentary, you know, with the, the yeah. commentators in the arena reacting to the, the environment round about them. That clearly edited in but with mm-hmm. Vic Joseph and, uh, and Nigel McGuinness talking with the background, the NXT UK logo behind them. I mean, it's so obvious it's being yeah. edited in. I spoke to Scott about this earlier, I hate the commentary because we slate Michael Cole for buzzwords that are in his ear. Oh, A lot of these are, Mike, uh, are Nigel McGuinness off his own back. Did you know Nigel McGuinness wasn't 23 until he stepped in the ring? Because he mentions it every week. <laughs> every time we mention the likes of Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, Tyler Bate, Dan Maloney, Pete Dunne, a lot of the younger uh, half of the NXT UK roster. Mm-hmm. It's, I find it extraordinary they're here. I didn't step in the ring until I was 23 years old. And there was actually one of the episodes I was watching today, I think it was about episode 17 or 18. He does it twice in the one show. <laughs> the same, you're like, my God, that and obviously, uh, Gary, you obviously wrote down a couple of people that you think are just there to fill out the roster. Every time Wild Boar appears on TV, did you know Wild Boar had his teeth knocked out during a bar fight? Do you know Joseph Connors has only got half an ear? Yes, you tell us every week, even when he's not on screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we, we started recording, uh, we were talking about the, the roster. Yeah. And in my view, there's a there's a stack of folk that have been that are signed that are just there mm. and it feels uh, from the outside looking in that there's there's no set direction for those folk yet so folk like Tyson T-Bone for example you know he was in the first tournament mm-hmm. got eliminated quite early on was yeah I think first, first round, round to Wolfgang Wolf, Wolf came out yeah and then um, second tournament he was in I think again he went out in the first, first round again, again yeah, at the download. download and has been sort of dropping around so there's folk that uh, we've seen in the last episode Joseph Connors I thought was going to probably be positioned as a bit more of a yeah. you know a bit more of a spotlight on him he's not really had that in my view but he cuts a pr- pretty good promo in the last episode which hints that there might be something coming for him but yeah I think there's a bunch of folk on the, the show that have yet to really establish themselves um, I won't go through the whole list but you know people like um, Amir Jordan and a tag team with Kenny Williams and Kenny Williams again somebody that feels like he's he's not really been given the in my view the yeah. opportunity to really shine just yet because we, we know what, what he can do in the ring Leggero whilst he's been in you know he's had matches again he just sort of feels there yeah. mm-hmm. like, and you know these guys are capable of doing so much more see the thing with Joseph Connors in Defiant he was their world champion mm-hmm. and he had great matches with Joe Hendry he had a great feud with he actually legitimately injured Drew McIntyre and it, it worked into a great storyline. Mm-hmm. He was a really good champion, he's a really good sadistic heel, really good, really good, like you said, talker. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned earlier with Nigel McGuinness's contract, it's just like gimmick, half an ear. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I know, but 
Like, you wouldn't know it if... Like, his hair covers I, it up. His hair covers it 90% of the time. It's just like... <laughs> they kind of just bully him in those promo packages. Like, go on, get your ear out. Get your ear out. <laughs> I, bet, I bet the commentators have, like, a, a paper with somebody's name and a wee, a single line, or even single word next to it, like, Amir Jordan, dancing. Kenny Williams, lucky. Mm-hmm. Mention this aspect of the many possible moment, but... Sorry, so I was just going to say on the commentary, just building your point there, I, I, I was gutted when I seen Vic Joseph on it. <laughs> As, um, I thought Maro done a great job at the tournament, mm. and before that we had JR doing it, and correct me if I'm wrong guys, but I think, was JR not signed with the intention, signed by WWE with the intention that he would broadcast the UK division? I think so, because he was going to be with World of Sport originally, he was on yeah. their pilot episode at yeah. New Year's. Yeah, he was with World of Sport, he did the... The NXT UK Championship Special from Norwich, which mm-hmm. led to the Bait Dunn Classic at yeah. NXT TakeOver Chicago, and he was on commentary for that as well. Well. Mm-hmm. And before that, we had Michael Cole with the Greetings Grapples fan. Mm-hmm. That was his only bad line of the night. The rest of the him and Nigel there were absolutely superb, but I think now it comes across, like you said, obviously that horrible green screen does come across very studio edited, yeah. and some of the stuff isn't very... I, I look forward to TakeOver because yeah. when you watch it back on the network, I think their commentary will be stellar yeah. because they'll be allowed to just let loose. I yeah. should know the answer to this uh, this question I'm just about to ask you, but I probably I've not looked into it because I'm going to take over. Is Takeover live on the network on Saturday? I, I think it should be because the yeah. uh, the tournament originally was live, so I believe this will be live as well. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. talk about Vic Joseph. He's like a less charming uh, or less charismatic Tom Phillips. That's how I look at it. <laughs> Yeah, Tom I think Phillips who's a less charismatic Michael Cole it's like a Russian doll they're just all the same commentary yeah, no. they get smaller and smaller, and smaller. God knows what's in, what's comes after Vinny Vic Joseph oh. like yeah. Adamly <laughs> <laughs> he was great in Gladiators you're probably too young to remember the American Gladiators he was brilliant on it <laughs> didn't no really mark that down as another obscure reference Gladiators yeah, Gladiators Viscera and who was the other one the million dollar title the million dollar title <laughs> but uh, some of you other people who are just there it kind of stands out even more the fact that there's only four matches that we know of for this card and which leaves a lot of people off the guard like Jordan Devlin he's been a big part of and they're teasing a thing between him and Travis Banks like how is that not a good oh, like, opening match I, I like these two guys kicking the hell out of each other because they know they hit hard I don't want to give away any spoilers but from what I've read of the shows that are going to air on the network on Wednesday there will be a fifth match added I hope it's that one yeah. We're not going to talk about it, so do you want to just tell us? If you're listening in, skip the next five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rumour I'd seen is that Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin will have a match at TakeOver, which I'm sure will be a great match. Yeah. But again, you know, luckily TakeOver sold out based on it being TakeOver, yeah. because the build for this... Mm-hmm. Uh, this particular show has not been that has not been that stellar. See, I I tend to disagree, but that's because I've watched eighteen episodes in the past two days, yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I went out for a family party lunch today, mm-hmm. and before waiting on my Uber, I was watching like the latest episode of yeah. NXT UK. The reason I say that it's not been that stellar, if you think in chronological terms of when the programs were released, the program the NXT UK episode that announced Takeover was aired three weeks ago yeah mm-hmm. and that's when the matches have subsequently been mm-hmm. announced and so you're announcing the card mm-hmm. with essentially less than two weeks notice yeah because yeah. i 
I remember, obviously, yeah, Scott was watching it and writing about it for wrestling blogs. We plug for you, Scott, right? Yeah, it's, it's particularly annoying writing for them because if it's two episodes, because I need to write about it and add another writer's thoughts in, and then that other writer writes the next one, and you send him my thought. So I need to rush to get mine's watched and then watch the other one. <laughs> it's like that we have no consideration for the little guys. <laughs> so we, uh, obviously, you were covering it, and I was like, have they announced Takeover yet? Like, no, like, really? Because I just went on Wikipedia and read the entire card. Because, uh, like, it's, it's a difficult with pre-recorded program in the, mm-hmm. the era of social media that everybody will find out about it eventually. Yeah, I think the hopefully going forward, the the scheduling will work. So like NXT US yeah. is in a bit of a groove, and you, yeah. the way they, they do the recording, mm-hmm. and the gap between the show. So there's going to be a show in Coventry on in February. Mm-hmm. So I suspect the gap between them being filmed and released will be much shorter than the Probably. ones that we have seen. Yeah, because they've announced a, a second night, but it's going to be the aftermath. So I assume. What, February 21st and 22nd? No, the 23rd, 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 like the two nights, it's Friday, Friday Saturday, Saturday before the uh, square go. So, obviously, we've got, uh, they've got that, so I imagine it'll probably be like five weeks maybe, because they'll maybe do what they do with NXT US, which is maybe have two or three matches before the show, and then you'll have like maybe four weeks of TV, so that's five weeks worth of... Tapings. Yeah, because up until now it's, it looks like they've been doing six episodes per taping, so you yeah, like the, three episodes of one night, three the next. Exactly, yeah. uh, and I suspect you're right, Ross, that at Takeover they'll film a couple of matches, dark matches, which will then they'll use in subsequent weeks, and they might do a bit of a mm-hmm. highlight or recap of what happened, mm-hmm. which is what they usually do in NXT after a Takeover show, isn't it? Yeah, like the whole uh, Jordan Devlin, HR Spanks thing they're teasing, it's essentially based on Travis Banks not being home in ages. It was like Jordan Devlin was like a dad talking to his girl son, have you phoned your mum, son? When was the last time you talked to your mother? <laughs> it's unfortunate that Travis Banks turned up at the first tapings with that injury because mm-hmm. I suspect uh, the spot he would have had would have been slightly different. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why everybody's complaining about this whole no indie shows a week before a taping. I think Travis Banks' injury is the reason why that is yeah. happening. Yeah, well, they've, they've just recently, obviously, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate and Leggero at the time of recording have all put out, like, thank you very much to, you know, like, and all the indie promotions they've worked with. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be the full-time ones, I think. As much as people are complaining, WWE are putting a lot of money into this, and there's a lot of investment going into this, and them telling people, like, a week before a big show, or a week before a set of tapings, when they're only taping once every six weeks, I don't think it hampers guys that much. It's like... So one week out of every, sorry, two weeks out of every six, you can't do indie shows because one, yeah. it's the rest period, and two, it's the taping. I don't think that's mm-hmm. much of a hampering. Yeah, it's a bit like a professional footballer. You would, you wouldn't allow a professional football team wouldn't allow one of their players to go and play five a side. Yeah. <laughs> the night before one of their matches. So I think it's perfect. I can understand why people have picked up on that point, but equally I think it's actually, if I was WWE, I think it's quite appropriate. Sorry, just to that point of you wouldn't let a professional footballer play five-a-sides. My dad used to work with a friend of Alan Gow when he played for Rangers. And as anyone who watched Rangers at that time knew, Alan Gow was nowhere near that first team. So I don't think there were many complaints when he showed up to the playroom one night and played five-a-sides with us. <laughs> Sitting there like, I've played five-a-sides with a professional footballer. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah, like I wrote the ball off him once and I was that surprised that he took it back after me. <laughs> yeah, so I said Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks, at the time recording, we don't know if they're going to but you've got like Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster, mm-hmm. like, King of the Light, Kenny Williams, Joseph Conrad, a lot of the women. 
uh, Isla Dawn and all that. Mark Coffey and are currently yeah. not in the Also, they'll likely accompany Joe Coffey to the yes. ring, but they're not wrestling because uh, they lost out to Mustache Mountain, That's which yep. helped Mustache Mountain get their spot on the card. See, I would have preferred if it was, because we've seen the matches uh, throughout, I'd have preferred if it was Gibson and Drake against Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. The simple fact that we know Gallus are going to be in the corner of Joe. Yeah. And I like to have seen British strong style all together because that is sort of what this rivalry is built around. It's a case of we've been British wrestling for the past 10 years. Uh-huh. You know, British wrestling didn't start in 2017 at the Blackpool Empress Ballroom. Yeah, Empress Ballroom. Can, can you remember? There have been that many places. You've got to remember us. You're going to be there in a week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. to be wandering in Blackpool. Anyone seen the, the thing we. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to show up to this road trip with like a t shirt that says London, baby. Use it. <laughs> Well, she do know where we're going. <laughs> yeah, London! Lucy's got an angle stupid saying, read that sign for us. Right <laughs> you know, said, oh, we've also been teasing a thing with uh, Phoebe Knight and her team when they with Marcel Barthel and mm-hmm. against Andrews and Webster, and it's kind of assuming that they're going to cost them their spot in the upcoming match with uh, Gibson and Drake. I don't know why they can just like have Gallus and those two guys and like kind of a, a 14 fatal, as Tony Singh would probably call it. <laughs> 14 fatal? That'd be a historic first time ever. Yes. God's sake. I can't get away from that. None of that to you. None of that. But yeah, and also Marcel and Payne when they got together, the commentators, give us be a start of a European Union, like, oh God, because you've made a more blatant of reference here. I know. I'll call them Team Brexit. <laughs> uh, speaking of, like, we talked about before, Johnny saying, like I said, he's like a confused granda, which is probably why Sid Scales had to be put with him. And mm-hmm. said he's like the neighbour next door whose ball you kicked in his garden. Yeah. yeah, he's obviously a legend in the British industry and I think it's why they wanted to add him. But for adding someone like him, not many of the current like generation know who he is. Like mm-hmm. World of Sport had its heyday and ended yeah. originally in the, the mid-80s, I believe. Well, to be fair, early yeah, I'm not familiar with... I, I know... I know his legend, but I I'm not for, I've not seen yeah. any of his yeah. work. He's sort of like the guys. Obviously, when mm-hmm. people talk about British wrestling, they talk Rollerball, Rocco, Kenzo Nakasaki, Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks. You know all the mm-hmm. people, and he always gets mentioned as well. And they've thrown him into this mm-hmm. role that he's not used to. And I think that's why I say I think Sid Scala. He's obviously an enhancement talent. He recently got injured. He's obviously very comfortable in the mic, yeah. and they've decided, right, we like you. Johnny Saint needs a bit of help. We have no plans to push you. Let's, you know, let's throw them together. I, I, I think Sid Scala's done quite well. To be fair, you're absolutely right. He has <laughs> really grasped the opportunity. JR talks about uh, wrestlers maximising their minutes, mm-hmm. and, and Sid Scala's definitely mm-hmm. done that, and he is really good on the mic. Yeah. I heard, like, from someone who was there that apparently when they uh, did the unveiling the titles, he, he probably inadvertently kept interrupting Johnny Saint and got booed for it. <laughs> but yeah, also, my, the funniest thing... probably because he does have an earpiece, he's probably been tell, listen, Johnny's flubbed his lines, like, can you maybe, like, divert attention away from it? And <laughs> if he has to be the boo guy to make yeah. the legend look good, then... Like, I think he's kind of, his is more understandable than when Kurt Angle came in and kept flubbing his lines when he was oh, Roger yeah. I mean, With Johnny Saint, we wonder going forward, maybe, his role should be making proclamations behind the scenes. Yeah. So yeah, they can like, do a like mm-hmm. Yeah. And my favourite moment of Johnny Saint is where there was almost a confrontation between Gallus and Mustache Baron outside of Birmingham, I believe it was, or yeah. Birmingham or Plymouth. Yeah. And Johnny Saint's getting between them and like, right, out of here, off with you. Right, off with <laughs> like, you. Like you try to chase some kids that are coming to his garden. Away with you now. Yeah. I know your mother. <laughs> Don't kick that football in my flabber bit again. <laughs> 
but anyway, I think we've talked enough about that. Let's get into the actual matches that we will see. There, obviously, I don't think like a regular table will have matches taped before for TV, but we we'll, might get some dark matches from some people. Mm-hmm. Let's get in the, the one match that isn't for a title. It's a non-disqualification match, as Johnny called it. <laughs> it's Eddie Dennis versus Dave Mastiff, or Dave Mastiff, as Dave Hawkins was called. That French guy. <laughs> That Frenchman from the black country. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on both these guys? First off, they've kind of both been positioned as this, like, mo- these, the two monsters from XUK, and a few weeks back, Mastiff defeated Death, gave Death his first loss, but Death's still annoyed about that and is going after Dave Mastiff, and obviously, ma- which reason the match ended in a non finish, and which is why we have this match. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on both these guys, Russell? I'll start with you. I love Dave Mastiff, I think. I knew of him as like a lot of these guys that came into NXT UK like Leggero and Dave Mastiff <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave Mastiff has came in and he's somebody I knew but I'd never really seen much of and I think his gimmick has been done very well like a lot of times WWE bring in a big guy and it's just like straight away throw him to the, the title and mm-hmm. when he doesn't win the title he sort of flounders yeah. until he gets given the yeah. the fat guy likes to dance roll you know <laughs> brought his clay with Keisha <laughs> Well, you, well, <laughs> well, I, for all we know, we haven't seen Dave Massive other hands, and he could be good, be the hip hop hippo like Albert. Jesus Christ, oh, yeah, ten side got sweet, you get read dubbed sweet tea, yeah. But uh, Dave Massive, I think, has been really good. I did like the, the start of this rivalry. The yeah. obviously the wee mini feud with Tyson Tebow, and where Tyson Tebow went, is that it? Is that all you've got for me? Uh-huh. And as he's walking back up the ramp, the camera starts shaking like yeah, Jurassic Park. I, I do love that presentation. Like this, they see their feet and they're rumbling. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and Dave Mastiff starts walking to the ring. Mastiff's brilliant. I, he's actually who I've got to win this match. Eddie Dennis, on the other hand, I just think he's so wooden. He's his facial expressions just look like a sort of corny made-for-TV's horror movie villain. Yeah. He <laughs> look. Was there not a drama class in that school he taught in? Like. <laughs> Just, he, so he, Dave Mastiff is like a bulky big man, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's and he throws his weight around. Whereas Eddie Dennis, it it just looks it just looks lanky. Yeah. And I, I I don't think it's believable. I do like the whole presentation of when he interrupted Mastiff saying, "Excuse me, they want to talk to the monster of the brand." That's actually me. I thought that Aye. was good. Mm-hmm. That's his only convincing bit. I think he's his facial expressions and his promo skills bar the sit down interviews, which were great. Yeah. I, I don't see much there, and I, I can see Mastiff uh, <laughs> squashing them and then just yeah, like leaving the end of feud. Those uh, pre-tapes, like you said at the start, kind of hint that there's future plans for Ennis, but I said to you, the way he's going to see his face up when he comes out, like, as if he's been told, right, look at me, like, a child act. <laughs> yeah, he must, yeah, I think he might be possibly outside of the ring, one of the nicest guys in the world. I'm sure it's he is. Just, it's just like one of those ones that's not that, like... <laughs> You hear heels themselves talk about, like, I just try to be the biggest asshole I can be when I'm being a heel, and I think Eddie Dennis is just one of those naturally nice people that can't be mean. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Ross, about Mastiff. I think he's been he's been really well positioned in this, and he has... He was on the first episode, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. squashy, or nearly killed Sid Scala, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think you know? uh, Nigel really well said... What Scala weighs is probably as much as the Massive had for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> so Massive been really well positioned. He's had matches against Sid Scala, Dan Maloney, Tyson T Bone, the Wild Boar, and Eddie Dennis. Now, so he's had, you know, he's had a fair amount of TV time in amongst this, and I think the evolution of the character has been quite good because 
he didn't get the the greatest spotlight at the Royal Albert Hall. He yeah. got eliminated in what would have been the second round, but the first round on the night by yeah. by Joe Coffey in an excellent match. I thought I really enjoyed that one. The evolution of the character. So we've, he's now the bomber, Dave Mastiff. Mm-hmm. We've got that sort of earthquake yeah. entrance. He looks different now with the, the Vader-esque yeah, the Vader esque wears somewhat. as well. And did you notice when he was cutting his promo just before Dennis interrupted him yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago? He was about to challenge Pete Dunne, mm-hmm. and the crowd, I thought, really popped for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I think the, the future looks bright for, for the big French guy. Because yeah. <laughs> he also said as well, the original promo that started this feud, which I thought was really good, he went, well, what is left when you're a monster that's destroyed all the competition? Mm-hmm. The NXT title, and I'll, I'll get into it later on. I actually have Joe winning the title, and I think he's first feud will be remastered. I do think that's a good title, or at least like kind of a first defence before a rematch of the doing the line with Pete. But yeah, and I think this kind of seems to be kind of an unofficial number one contenders match where like, they have them on NXT all the time, where you have the title match, and you've also got these two guys in the middle of the card who can easily challenge for the belt, and you can tell that the winner is also kind of the next big show going to challenge yeah. for the belt. I see that being here. Can anyone disagree or? No, it's kind of like the Black Gargano situation. Black's the number one contender at TakeOver. Yeah. The TakeOver before, which we watched at Dave's House Party 2, Electric <laughs> Boogaloo. <laughs> the birth of the pigs and blankets chant. <laughs> uh, we, uh, yeah, we, we watched that, obviously. Uh, Alistair Black defeated Gargano then. Mm-hmm. And that sort of led to the title match of the US TakeOver, so I think you're in my show. So, do we have uh, Matt to win in this, or? I do, yes. Chris? Yeah, Eddie Dennis, I think, will continue to squash lower card guys, and then I think it will be put into the Cassius Ono sort mm-hmm. of role, where he'll beat so many people, and then the the shiny new toy, as yeah. uh, Cassius Ono yeah. calls it, takes out Eddie yeah. Dennis. Part of the reason I went for, for Mastiff in this is thinking through who needs to win more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can make a case to say that Dennis needs to win, but what does that do in terms of advancement of TV and what do you do next with him? Whereas Mastiff, if he loses, does that hurt him? Arguably yes, arguably no. But if he's going to then go on to challenge for the title, you want him to be hot for that. And, yeah. and if we're going to have a hero champion, he needs a baby face to go up against. Definitely. I'm hoping like doing the line Eddie Dennis from this goes on to face with either Dunn or Mark Andrews because they're the guys he specifically mentioned and he's opening vignettes so mm-hmm. he had to sit at home while they were mm-hmm. starting this UK brand. Andrews can, would be a good one because yeah. he can play that part that you were alluding to Ross of being the sort of bully, you know, the big bully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think as well, uh, whoever wins the tag title match, I could maybe see their first defence being against Webster and Andrews. Yeah. And maybe Eddie Dennis costing them that, like, you know, I'll cost you your dreams because you took my, you know, you went ahead and got in the first UK yeah. tournament. I remember, like, because Andrews and Dennis have had their freedom progress, and, like, Dennis, we've got a really personal way, like, you use everybody, you use me to get over in progress, you use your mum and dad for free rent, and you use wrestling to get over your shitty band. <laughs> oh. band that, the band that seems to be nudging against the fear band because you can't stop forgetting mentioning them. Oh, every single time. That's Junior with Fall to Pieces. Mark Andrews is actually in that band. <laughs> My God, do you get a do you get a plug every time you He's mention that song? He's in commission. <laughs> I don't think he did mention the new album at when the uh, the horror album was easiest twenty bucks ever made. Though no, it's like uh, R. Kelly every time he uh, steals, I'll be watching you. Uh, <laughs> what's his face? Sting. 
How do I not remember a singer named after a pissing wrestler on a wrestling podcast? <laughs> Sting goes ka-ching! Putting that down, R. Kelly and Sting, both <laughs> versions. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of, we talked about chants earlier. Somebody who's had some very dread creative chants thrown at them, Zach Gibson, oh. who will be teaming with James Drake, the grizzled young veterans. They're not called grizzled that Grizzled young veterans! Sorry, Say guys, it right. guys, we need to take our shoes off when no. we talk about it. Make sure you're easily removable shoes on takeover. Yeah, the grizzled young veterans are not called that but they should be against Mustache Mountain to crown the first ever NXT UK Tag Team Champions. Let's first talk about Gibson as a heel so far. It's just been unbelievable since the UK tournament. Amazing, he's so... I like him so much on TV, and yet whenever I see him in person, much like ICW Fear and Loathing, or like we're going to see him Blackpool, you just can't help but... It's like a it's a natural reaction yeah. just to boom. Because I think he takes, like, the... Not to disparage anything for Liverpool, but he does play up the Liverpudlian mm. accent. Mm-hmm. And he, he ramps it right up, much like yeah. Joe Coffey, like we'll talk about later. He he ramps up his Glasgow accent every time the crowd ch- chants, we don't understand you. Mm-hmm. He starts going, ah, Gallus, Gallus. <laughs> he ramps up the Liverpudlian accent. And he, when you hear him normally talk, he's got such a normal toned voice, but he mm-hmm. makes it so squeaky and yeah. so annoying. And I don't think, like, we talked about it on our... Our look back show of the 2017 UK tournament and yeah. our look ahead to the 2018 one that we did not see anyone bar Zach Gibson won in of that course. tournament. Because by then Dunn had kind of transitioned to a face by that point, so mm-hmm. you need a good heel for him to go up against, like you said earlier. If you've got going to have a heel champion, a face for him to go up against, and yeah. Gibson fit that role perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. The I don't think this got promo got aired on, on the on the network, but after. Gibson won the tournament at the Royal Albert Hall. He cut a promo and it took him ages to finish it because the booze in the building, it was Champa style. Nice. He, he was getting booed out of the building. It was amazing. And he he lapped it up and delivered it. He's, he's amazing in what he does. I've got a bit of a contra- might be controversial statement to make now in that I think he's wasted in the tag division. I think he um, he's a... He's a top tier talent. I think he's only in the tag division at the minute because they have positioned him to such a high standard mm-hmm. that they can't not have him on the first takeover. They put all that effort. Obviously, they weren't ready to take the title off done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that with progress and with his team with James Drake being so popular in the British independent scene, mm-hmm. they needed someone popular to go, uh, someone popular as heels, I should say, mm-hmm. to go up against the megastars, which have now, which have now became in Mustache Mountain. Mm-hmm. And I think he will float about, however, James Drake is, is a gorgeous man compared to Zach Gibson's. <laughs> well, Zach Gibson's arse yes, face, as a kind of called face. Never has a more beautiful man be called such a disparaging name, arse face. <laughs> but um, he has a likeability about him as well that doesn't transition well <laughs> when he's teamed with Gibson. So, mm-hmm. like you said, I think I can. They're, they're my picks to win it. But I can see when they eventually lose the titles, yeah. is Gibson turning on James Drake yeah. for Gibson to go back into yeah. the main roster. Mm-hmm. Tell me, singles division. Tell me about Drake being Gilligan. Where does he rank on the Nathan Fisher scale of handsomeness? He's he's certainly built better than Nathan, but I mean, me and Gary only have eyes for Nathan, I think. I think the, the truly handsomest man. The bastard. leader of the handsome man's club. Yeah, leader of the handsome man's club at ESSR. And now we just wish Nathan was here. 
may not have a lot to add, but he used to get lost in his eyes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about when you're talking about creating the first ever NXT tag team UK tag team champions, Mustache Bouton were also going to be one of those teams because since they began, they've been a part of the brand. Bate being the first UK champion, they've kind of been NXT UK's first real team for a while. Because at the start, there was them, and there were a lot of other like kind of thrown together teams. And now Gibson and Drake have came off and they're backed by that heel heat for Gibson. So I'm going to say, who do you think needs to win this more? Who do you think is more deserving of being the first ever tag team champions? I think Gibson and Drake need it more because we always talk about, and we even talked about it on our Glow special. I'm plugging every show tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get every show in here somehow. <laughs> we plugged it on our Glow Season 1 uh, review show that uh, it's, it's the chase that makes it. It's the mm. chase, it's the run to the title, it's trying to beat the big bad. What does that game show have to do with anything? <laughs> and uh, I think Gibson and Drake winning, it puts Drake on a par with Gibson, mm-hmm. because in WWE's eyes at the minute, Gibson has the money. Mm-hmm. It gives them a storyline moving forward, it gives Mustache Mountain something to chase, it also gives the likeable teams of Amir Jordan, Kenny Williams and Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews something to chase. And obviously, like we said, I think and WWE, they're only team together temporary. Yeah. So I can see this leading to a James Drake, Zach Gibson feud maybe about six months down the line. Mm-hmm. So I think they're my pick, and I think Gibson and Drake do need to win. And they are kind of polar opposites, whereas Drake's more the silent type. I mean, whether or not that's by choice, because Gibson's such a good talker, but <laughs> he, he doesn't really, he's good in the ring, and he doesn't really need to talk. He's got Gibson to do all of that for him. Yeah, it's my pick for the match. It's, I'm going to split the vote here because I'm going to go for Mustache Mountain. I've got my moustache, got my moustache mountain t-shirt. <laughs> well, I think this is a case, I'm going to say this again when we come on to talk about the women's title, I think the, the title needs Mustache Mountain more than Mustache Mountain needs the titles. I think yeah. to give it some credibility. Because uh, it's a new title and it's not been the first time ever. I think Mustache Mountain deserve to be the first ever NXT UK tag champions, and I think yeah. they all help enhance the the belts. I have to say, uh, we talked about obviously first time ever champions. I think a lot of the times WWE do these things for people to like hang their hat on, like they hang Tyler Bates hat on the fact that he's the youngest singles champion in WWE and he's the young uh, he's the first ever UK champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trent Seven's got the fact that he's an NXT t- uh, NXT US that is, tag champ, and I think Zach Gibson and James Drake. Well, Zach Gibson has the UK Championship Tournament 2018 winner hangs yeah. hat on. James Drake doesn't have a lot to like brag about mm-hmm. in WWE terms. That is, so I think they need to win more. Just so it's like from then on out, it's much like although he's much better than both of them. It's like the Heath Slater Rhino sort of thing. Like they were the first ever tag team champions over on SmackDown. It's something they can constantly bring up when yeah. when James Drake is either in a position to win a title or even if he's just been brought out to put someone over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before I get into who I think is going to win, what do you think of the tag team titles themselves? Because the women's one kind of looks like a, different, a variation on the women's titles we see on the main roster. And the uh, main UK title looks like something we'd see like in the style of the world or universal title just put that different nameplate on. But he's something completely different. It kind of looks to me like something you'd see at progress. Yeah, but there was the <laughs> the bit of the the botch. You'll not see this on Botch Club right enough because it was WWE's own mistake. It was um, <laughs> the fact that they first designed these titles and it said NXT UK tag titles, and the UK covered up the actual UK part of the globe. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's a bit of a mistake. Uh, not particularly for you on the titles, but just on the, the tag team landscape in NXT UK, because there's some bloody random teams in yeah. there. There does need to be some um, you know, proper teams brought together. You've got Puxley and Tebow, aka the Mad Bastards. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I will say the vote split, and I'm actually going to go with uh, Gibson and Drake, because... I think having them again, like you said, tying the hat on the being the first of our tag champ, but also then them taking that heat they've already got and kind of can see how much further they can take it with having a decent length reign to the belts, and then you can have that pop either the next takeover or even further down the line when someone eventually takes the titles off them, whoever yeah. that is, once they've hopefully built some more teams up. Yeah, because can you imagine like in Glasgow uh, with maybe Gallus beating them for the titles, or maybe like if they went to Birmingham? Uh, Mustache Mountain, Mustache Mountain would probably get a pop anywhere, but you know, the yeah, hometown, them winning it, you know, I think, plus Zach Gibson's promos when he, like, mm-hmm. soon to be recognised as the first ever mm-hmm. NXT UK tag champions, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it, sorry, sorry it's, I, I compare him to a Kevin Owens style heel where mm-hmm. he brags about it, but when it comes to it, he can beat you within the rules completely by the book and I think that's something good as well because he always goes I told you I was coming to WWE I did it I told you I was going to win the UK tournament I did it I told you I was going to win the tag titles I did it it's a third thing and he can keep adding and yeah keep adding absolutely and keep adding. that really wraps up the heat and obviously gets people more angry and gets the booze get louder and more shoes go off <laughs> <laughs> and on to our next championship match it's Tony Storm challenging Rhea Ripley for the NXT UK Women's Championship with this being a rematch of the finals of the to crown the first champion which ha- happened in Birmingham with uh, Rhea also coming out on top what are your thoughts on Rhea kind of being the first uh, UK champion well female UK champion wouldn't, wouldn't have been my choice uh, would not have been my choice because uh, even we bring up on commentary about Tony Storm and her connection to the UK scene yeah. so that seems to be like the obvious choice of a lot of people but then it kind of came out of nowhere and Rhea Ripley because she previously only can see on the medium classic yeah and she looks, you know, when you see her, especially uh, against the NXT UK ladies, she seems enormous beside mm-hmm. them in yeah, terms of her physique. Five foot nine as well. Uh-huh. Former football soccer for our American listeners, former <laughs> uh, footballer in Australia. Yeah, she's. She wouldn't have been my choice much like Gary, but I think the fact that. I think they knew they were going to go all in with Tony Storm winning the Mae Young Classic because these things are obviously decided mm-hmm. as soon as they book these tournaments. She was going to win it. I think she will win in Blackpool. Uh, however, the fact that Rhea Ripley wasn't just another face in the crowd, like, you know, the, the NXT uh, title itself, the first tournament, Seth Rollins was always going to win that. Yeah. And, you know, he beats Jinder Mahal in the final. Obviously, he did win the WWE title about 10 years later, but, you know, he didn't do much after that. This didn't is, have to last that a few years later, though. Yeah, this is the sort of thing where the tournament winner was the one that needed it the most. Mate, uh, Tony Storm, much again, the money is in the chase. Yeah. She wins the Mae Young Classic. Her, the fact that it aired after the Mae Young Classic, makes Rhea Ripley look even better. Mm-hmm. She didn't do it by fluke. She won clean as a whistle. Yeah. She took uh, Tony Storm out. Mm-hmm. And then it works. It works in her favour. So even if she loses here, it's like, well, actually, you beat me. I beat you. You know, we need a we need a rubber match to see who the best per- person is. Yeah. And much like we said earlier, we James Drake having something to hang his hat on. Rhea Ripley now has the I was the first ever mm-hmm. historic <laughs> women's NXT champion. Yeah. The role that 
Now the spot that Weir Ripley currently has is a spot that I more envisioned Ginny playing to start with. So yeah. somebody from mm-hmm. the UK scene that had <clears throat> been positioned so the audience were primed for her mm-hmm. to be to be the leading heel <laughs> of that of, of the division and the first person to go up against Tony for the yeah. title. Uh, so I was a wee bit surprised for that reason. I, I, just, I don't know if it was just me assuming that the person that eventually became the champion for that that division would be would be from yeah, this UK. would be from, or, or at least working within the UK, not Zenfo. somebody that was yeah. not <laughs> Why don't you just yell Brexit means Brexit, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying and I kinda of feel like when you, the appearance of the team from Jenny since that tournament, the women's championship tournament, it kinda of feels like Ripley is in the spot that she's most comfortable playing and I don't think they've uh, Got around to setting up like uh, secondary stories for the women's event yet, so yeah. she's kind of had to follow about. And I think as we Ripley, she's had two successful defences since then against Isla Dawn and Plymouth and Diana Perazzo in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Like you said, she's taller than all of you, so she can kind of ragdoll people around. She looks more dominant, especially when she does that kind of reverse clover lease submission. That kind of mm-hmm. looks like yeah. people, a lot of the women are quite faithful, so it looks like they're properly being bent. Mm-hmm. So like, usually I'd say it's kind of too early to take the belt off her, but then again, Storm is clearly in for a big push because she's a Clear part of this brand, and she won the medium classic. It's kind of, I'm kind of divided on who to go for. Yeah, I think on a lot of the promotional posters for the next taping, I uh, don't know if it's telling, I don't know if it's just these were done months in advance, but the Coffees and James Drake aren't on the poster, and Rhea Ripley isn't on the poster, so there's three people that are in uh, title matches that aren't on the promotional uh, material. Yeah, it's the other thing, like if Gibson and Drake win the tag titles, and if Coffee takes up, goes away with the UK title, it's kind of a weird thing, like, is it right to have all of your champions all be heels? Because, like, although it can be said heel champions are usually more entertaining than heel, than face champions because the chase and all that. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't normally expect to see, if you've got three titles, to see them all mm-hmm. around the waist of, of heels yeah. in that way. Um, I would also normally I would I would agree with you Scott uh, with the statement you made sorry um, to say it is too soon to take the title off somebody normally I would say yes to that but in this yeah. case I'm saying no it won't be because I think I think Tony Storm should be the person that's leading this new division yeah. forward and we've seen NXT UK a couple of times now so for the first batch of tapings Noam Dar was mm-hmm. brought in mm-hmm. did two matches. Not seen them since. Yeah, no, it's kind of weird why Kevin Danny Burch haven't been back. Danny why, Burch, why Jack yeah. Gallagher hasn't been made a part of this? Yeah, da- Danny Burch came in for the second lot of tapings, did two matches, he's away. And for the third batch of tapings, um, I think it was the third batch, um, we had Diona come across and yeah. do great matches. I thought uh, I really enjoyed her match with, with Ripley. Um, so whilst Ripley has been at, you know, been a consistent presence, I don't see her being like a full time player. Yeah, I think we can see more of her. I would expect to see more of her time spent in the U.S. Yeah, I think she might go to the the main one, but I think you'd say the same thing about uh, Tony Storm. Obviously, the time they've put into her, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ripley retain and maybe keep the chase going. Maybe retains by nefarious means, and it maybe it gives. I I read online that the the tapings themselves they are. Mm-hmm. While they are well attended, they aren't sellouts a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe at the next set of tapings, you could maybe have yeah. the likes of uh, Tony Storm beat her then. Yeah. And it stops, like you said, three heel champions, and at the same time, 
gives the sort of aura like the, what the WWE love to brag about. Anything can happen in the WWE. Yeah, well, it seemed like I said too soon. It also seemed too soon to take the UK belt off of Tyler Bate, but um, we've got somebody's just gate crashed, Scott, to give us a view. <laughs> Had a run in. Uh, a view on who's going to win between Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. So Lucy is with us, our youngest podcaster. So Lucy, who's your pick, Tony Storm or Rhea Ripley? Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Why do you think Tony's coming away with Black from Blackpool with the belt? Because um, after she won the May Young Classic and then she got beat by Rhea Ripley. So I think that now she's came back and she's fired up, so she's going to win it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Blue. Are you looking forward to going to Blackpool? Yeah. <laughs> you buzzing to be stuck in a car with me, Sarah and Scott? <laughs> no, I was waiting on a no. <laughs> I think you're the only one buzzing to be stuck in a car with the three of us because Gary's not looking forward to it. Oh, she clearly has better manners than her father. <laughs> yes, this is why this is why Lucy is the favourite Kernahan and Stevenson on the podcast. The reason I'm ready because I'm going to hold up my sign the whole drive pointing to Dad. What, saying I'm most stupid? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm in the front seat, so make sure it's pointing the right way, you know what I mean? So. Well, Ross doesn't seem to know where the venue is, so you might need to yes. point it at him. Don't let Scott or Sarah hold it, as they will point it at me like, look, hey, stupid. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. It's not like the tone here. <laughs> so, Lucy, for Tony Storm, Ross, you said Rhea Ripley? I said Rhea Ripley retaining and uh, to bring people in for the tapings, Tony Storm winning at the next set of tapings. Uh, I've got uh, Tony Storm mailing the presses that I said earlier that about not having three heel champions, I thought maybe I have Tony at revenge after the main classic thing, then maybe it's Tony's time to take the bill. Uh, Gary? Tony Storm's my pick. I think she's a superstar and I can see her um, being the leader of this division for for a period of time. Yeah, so Sorry, that was, uh, that was our special guest, uh, Lucy, leaving there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Master of subtleties, Lucy. Yes. <laughs> so it's 3-1 in favour of Toy Storm, and when I said it was Toy Storm time, because I couldn't think of anything else saying, I had that stupid catchphrase they've had her say on TV that Tony time, like, my God, is it, can it feel anything be more ungenuine than that? Anything more of a catchphrase that Dewey's clearly like, shoving to put on T-shirts or something like that? Yeah, it's a very... <laughs> It's a very Tony the Tiger style. Uh, <laughs> but you say I'm that, great. I was so, so frustrated I couldn't get formulate words to describe why I didn't like it. You say it's a poor catchphrase, but I know that when you're you're going to be in the car coming back from Blackpool wearing a Tony Time T-shirt. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I not tell you it's Tony Time? I've always loved that catchphrase. <laughs> Mainly, I'd probably because I'd be so happy if she won. <laughs> so, like I say, three one to who's on that one. But move on to our main event, which is. Uh, the leader of Kells, Joe Coffey, challenging Pete Dunn for the WWE UK Championship. That's why I say, why is this still called the WWE UK Championship and the other belts are called the NXT UK Women's and Tag Belts? Yeah, I think uh, it's maybe, they maybe think moving it from WWE to NXT would yeah. be a sort of, not a demotion, but it's, it seems less than because obviously NXT is looked at as a developmental brand. Yeah, and also you talked about how much a uh, uh, part of NXT UK gals would be like, it started at the UK tournament when uh, Joe and Mark uh, did a run-in and beat up some of the guys like Travis Banks and Mark Andrews and then the first day of teams both kind of joined and they've kind of been, a, kind of been the dominant heels of the brand ever since and it's always felt like Joe and Pete were always going to collide, it was a matter of when, not if, especially after uh, Gibson was beaten by them. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised, I've mentioned earlier, I've uh, 
rattled through about 18, 19 episodes of NXT the past few days, and I've been skipping a lot of the entrances just to like make up time. Yeah. And when the Gallus theme song hit the other day, I sat there going, why are they using Mark Coffey's ICW theme song? <laughs> it's a brilliant tune. It's an amazing tune, because <laughs> the original sort of Joe Coffey theme song they had, it wasn't like he's he's good one in ICW, it was just sort of there. It just, it, know, it's one of those low sounding ones that like when the crowd go over it, you actually can't hear the song. Yeah. I mean, for all we can say about Mark Andrews and the consequences of his band, at least he's got a proper song and that's something that kind of seems generally a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that that is a good song to have and I think the fact that you see it in the promo video for uh, sorry, the Titantron video when Mark Coffey enters an ICW, it's like the soldiers walking to war yeah. and they're sort of like they're defending their right to claim British wrestling as their own. I think that's a really good thing. Boom. Yeah, their kingdom, boom. as they like to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about Pete Dunne as champion, the longest reign singles champion in the modern era, surpassed Brock Lesnar, surpassed Asuka, and also he kind of makes Taylor Bate, whose reign is like 125 days, which doesn't seem that bad, but it makes it seem like Kane's one day reign by comparison to his. <laughs> yeah. He managed to get Kane in there, didn't he? Yeah. Just right, right before the hour mark, squeeze a Kane reference in. Listen, you're talking to us. I don't I'm mess about. I'm sure he's got that in his notes. One hour, get Kane reference. <laughs> I told you not to look at my notes. <laughs> yeah, so he's had it for quite a while, and it kind of feels like if it's not now, I'm the first ever takeover because you now have that moment you could walk away from. Like, what do you remember from the first takeover? It was the night Pete Dunne's reign finally ended. Mm-hmm. Like, feel like WrestleMania is always that one moment you walk away from. Like, take her streak ending finally at me. I think that's what everyone remembers that for. Kind of more so than Brian's thing. Yeah. But if not, coffee like. Is there anyone left that can take it? Well, I later on we were going to finish up the talk about predictions. So one of my predictions is that we might see Walter's debut, and his debut might be to attack the Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can actually see uh, Joe Coffey winning it here. Uh, he's actually he's my pick to win it. Yeah, like you said, five hundred days as champion. A lot of people, like we, uh, myself, and Alan Lucas uh, off air earlier on today, were actually talking about. Pete Dunne's reign yeah. and I, I defended it by saying like obviously this is NXT UK much like NXT itself you know the main roster title in NXT was only defended seven times last year yeah. on television and since he won the title in May 2017 so in the space of just under 18 months mm-hmm. uh, this will be his 13th title defence which on main roster looks sort of god mm-hmm. part time champion but Compared to the likes of New Japan, Ring of Honor, NXT itself, it is a title defense on average every seven, six to seven weeks. And yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think he's done well with it. Obviously, there is the all oh, well he is defending it on the Indies, and a point Alan did make, which I did agree with. If he was defending it in the likes of ICW, Progress, OTT, you knew he wasn't going to lose it there because mm-hmm. it's WWE's belt. They want the title change. But I think he's been a great champion. I think he's been a fighting champion. But like Scott says. The moment you walk away from, and the fact that it's live, it's not taped. You know, yeah. if he had lost that title in Cambridge, yeah. by the time it held, no one would have cared. Yeah, yeah, no, like that's why that's one of the things. Sorry, yeah, damn it, but the yeah, thing that kind of took me out a wee bit from his title defenses in, in Cambridge and in Birmingham, like especially the Birmingham one against Devlin, that was a fantastic match, and they were good. But because you knew how long ago they were taped, you knew there was no way Dunn wasn't walking out with the belt. Yeah, yeah, that's so. Before we moved to Gary, that was one point as well. I met Alan. You know. 
three title defences in the space of 11 shows. Mm-hmm. Like, that's never been done on the likes of NXT before. Yeah, well, you've got to remember with the NXT UK, it really came about in the summer. So we had um, Royal Albert Hall where he defended the title against Gibson. The first match of tapings, he defends the title against Noam Dar and then goes on to defend against Danny Burch and Jordan Devlin. So for a, a promotion that's only been going and mm. has had essentially four batches of shows, mm. he's had one title defence then and we'll have another one, pair, pair one, and we'll have another one against um, Joe um, next week, or sorry, this week. So I think that's a decent, yeah. you know, the champion is there, he's mm. on the shows, he's there, he's defending his title, and, and it's just a his title run has just predated the existence of a, a weekly vehicle for him to be present yeah. on. Yeah, because yeah, like, sorry, yeah. Uh, in comparison to Brock Lesnar, where they like to say Brock Lesnar being the attraction when the champ, when he shows up with a bell, it's a moment to remember, but he's only usually just stands there and he rarely does defend about whereas when Pete Dunne shows up in the very appearances he does, he does mm-hmm. defend it, so he has appearances feel more of a video because like Dunn's coming and he's defending the belt so we're going to have a cracking main event yeah he obviously in NXT uh, the original NXT he's defended it against Kyle O'Reilly Roderick Strong Adam Cole Johnny Gargano Wolfgang uh, I believe he defended it once again against Pete Dunn I can't remember against, he defended against himself sorry Ricochet. against uh, Ricochet yeah he defended it against Tyler Bate was the one I meant to say before Scott made me look like arse well he's that good he probably could fight himself yeah, yeah he could have a match himself we'd watch it um, he's also had uh, United States uh, sorry North American title matches he's had champion versus champion non-title matches when he appeared on Raw and mm-hmm. 5 Live against Enzo Mori who was Cruiserweight champion at the time he's been in war games as well he was in war games he is a mega star and I think I think his reign's been amazing and while his gimmick at the minute is that he, you can't get the title off him because he's so good. I think if Joe wins it, one, it'll make Joe a megastar in the eyes of the casual fans because he's the guy that ended Pete Dunne's, you know, over 500 day reign. But also his gimmick will, I believe, will be he's hard to get the title off, but not because he's so good, it's because, which he is, he is amazing. It's because Gallus are there and Gallus will always have his back. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. that could lead to what we mentioned, Walter. Mm-hmm. That makes Walter look all the better if he debuts, as I believe, and then goes on to beat Joe for the title. Yeah. I just wanted to say about, about Joe, how, how we, we said earlier on about people taking their opportunities and running with it, and Joe Coffey's definitely done that. He has surprised me, pleasantly surprised me about how good he has been in this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been really, I think the Gallus faction has been really entertaining, although the Wolfgang heel turn caused tears in my household. <laughs> uh, Lucy was gutted that her hero, who she has a signed picture from, was now a bad guy. And did, oh, I'm sorry, like... did, the, did the reckless intent uh, legend that is Michael Chase, the signed picture I won of him, not make it up to her, no? It's, uh, <laughs> it, is, it is there at Pride of Place in her bedroom, but not as... Um, not in... not as you know, front and centre yeah. as Wolfgang was, um, but that group have been really good. I actually thought when the one of the reasons I say pleasantly surprised about about Joe's role is it was a role I didn't see him in at this point. Mm-hmm. I seen him when it eventually. Mm-hmm. I thought the Coffee Brothers were being brought on to be a tag team. Yeah, yeah. I seen that way at first. Yeah, and then so I assumed that they'd be you know, sort of chasing the tag titles to begin mm-hmm. with, but the the Gals faction I think's been really entertaining. I've really enjoyed how. It's gone, and I think these guys will have a great match on on Saturday. Something as well. I I've not been the biggest fan of Joe Coffey and ICW. Yeah, me neither. Because when I when I started going regular to ICW shows, he was in his hiatus after losing the world title to BT Gun. He returns at uh, 
uh, Barramania. We set up the match for Shugs, and then unfortunately with the first set of tapings, we don't get to see that match. Mm-hmm. So we were just sort of there at times, and obviously with being in the Rudolf faction, he always had Rudolf talking for him or yeah. putting across his point. So I never seen much for Joe Coffey, and I'd never seen him on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So I, for obviously months, I've been saying, Ugh, I don't like Joe Coffey, I don't like Joe Coffey. Mm-hmm. And then obviously seeing him in a, a weekly vehicle as a heel, seeing how good he can be, and then seeing, what, like you said, pleasantly surprised. Like, honestly, whenever I think someone's not as good as people make them out to be, or if I don't find them as good as they're rated to be, yeah. you're always pleasantly surprised, because why you don't want to watch bad wrestling, you're yeah. always pleasantly <laughs> surprised to be proved wrong. And Joe Coffey, <laughs> it might be news to me, but it's not news to the majority of British no. wrestling fans. And before, before Joe turned heel in ICW joined up with Riddle, mm-hmm. he had this um, sort of, just for because you guys probably didn't see it as much, played this um, Iron Man character, yeah. mm-hmm. which was hugely popular yeah. and had some amazing matches. He had some great matches with Jack Gallagher in particular. The first yeah, I watched that on Underhand, yeah. the other day. It's well worth, with the first one they have is well worth going to. They did a second one with an Iron Man match at Square Go, watched, but yeah. the one before that, Scott's even better. So he, that's why I know he'll have a great match. Um, because, uh, also, he's got a great opponent to go up against Pete Dunne. Yeah. And uh, Coffey said on the recent uh, contract saying on, in Liverpool, he said the only reason you've had that belt for so long is because I wasn't here. Which is a good point you make, and he might prove himself right. He can back up what he says if he does get one. And I don't think you need to worry about either guy if they lose because they are clearly guys that people like Triple H and or at least people higher up do like because you both look at like these look like Triple H guys because if Dunn loses, they'll probably then slowly transition to the main NXT because. I do think he's kind of outgrowing this, so I think it's kind of his time to yeah, he's slowly feel. Really, and maybe he can make the occasional appearance because he'll get that big pop, because no matter where he goes, he gets a big pop. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coffee, I don't think, can look that bad if he loses, though I do think he is going to win, because he does seem like a Triple H guy, and Triple H is much, very much behind this brand, and for a, for now, I think Coffee's going to be his guy to carry, yeah. carry it for a while. I mean, one of the re- you make a good point, Scott, because one of the reasons WWE is doing this is, yes, to put on a good product here in the UK, but it's to develop a batch of stars, and uh, success, a metric of success should be that they develop talent that go on mm. to eventually appear in Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. So Dunn was one of the guys that featured in that all-star 10-man tag match that they had at Madison Square Garden yeah. over mm-hmm. Christmas. So if he's been selected to be part of that, that's a big, big signal of where the, yeah. the value WWE places in. Because not just any other arena, it's Dury's Mecca, like Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden. Yeah, he's in there with you know, the likes of Undisputed Era. Quite clearly, other people Triple H have put a lot of time into. They only mm-hmm. lose. They're, they're the classic heels. They only lose when the odds are fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Champ and Gargano, two mega stars who have had feud of the year this year, were in that match. It was you had the mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream, you had Alistair Black, you had Matt uh, Riddle, Matt Riddle well. you had Ricochet, who was the North American champion. So he's on. It's not like in WWE where at times when the brand split wasn't a thing. Yeah. You had maybe one guy as a US champion, like John Cena was US champion, it was up here, but it's right back, his IC title was down here. Yeah. It's not that way in NXT, it's not a, oh well you're the, you're the champ of the other brand, no, it's when you come over, you're on a par with your guy. Yeah, and like, you can just put a picture of the guys in this match, you put a bit of Triple H's boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like you said, this team like Coffee when he first came was going to be in a tag team with Mark, and if they had stuck as a tag team and not joined Will Gang, I could easily have seen them becoming the first tag team champions. Mm-hmm. But as it sounds, they're not, and I think Coffee is going to walk away with us. Would you agree? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I can th- see one in Biomine. I think so. It's if you're going to change the title, if you're going to end Pete Dunne's reign, when do you end it? Yeah, it has to be live. It's got to be live. And if you want to lay down a marker, the first ever NXT UK takeover show. Yeah. You know this. This you know it would be. A, a, I was going to, I'm trying to avoid using the word historic, but I can't think of a better <laughs> one to do it. It would be monumental. Oh, now you give me that hint. No. Monumental. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring. Doesn't roll off the start yelling it, does it? Yeah. No, I I actually think this could be another way to make obviously Joe Coffey a megastar because they were mentioning how they were British wrestling. You know, Joe Coffey's been doing this for ten plus years. Wolfgang's been doing it for ten plus years. Same with Mark Coffey. I believe if they truly want to make megastars like the likes of Mustache Mountain or even Mark Andrews who had a large US following through his time in TNA and on the indies there. Yeah. I think you could maybe see the rematch for this mm-hmm. at the US NXT take. We keep calling it US NXT to NXT. No, it's, hard, it's hard to tell what it, yeah. if, if you say normal NXT it sounds like there's something wrong with NXT UK. Yeah, it's it's you could maybe have the rematch at the WrestleMania weekend NXT takeover. Maybe do a fatal four way maybe add some other people in mm-hmm. just to get names on that card because one it makes that card a lot more attractive and two it makes your UK brand seem as important mm-hmm. like we like them that much that we're bringing them over for this because yeah. I, mm-hmm. I feel Dunn and Joel would be wasted just filling access matches mm-hmm. yeah I think it seems unanimous that we think Joe Coffey's going to win I want to take some uh, five minutes of potential surprise we've already talked about Walter uh, making his debut, he said we would have been the part of the European expansion because mm-hmm. he said previously he wouldn't go to NXT when he was right off because he was off the contract kind of around the same time Keith Lee was and Keith Lee also took it but he didn't want to move to the US and move to Florida like all the other guys have to but if he's part of the European imagine he's known in the UK he's also comfortable coming out of the UK and make expand into Europe and Austria where he lives so he wouldn't have to go far too often so it does seem like a good fit for him like but do we, do we do like we usually do NXT takeovers where they appear in the crowd or can you see them coming out and confronting somebody? I can see them Samoa Joe style. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Adam Cole but I was more a, a, a bit sneaky heel attack. I can see uh, Coffee and the Gallus Boys which sounds like a band for the 60s. Coffee and the Gallus Boys. <laughs> you can see them uh, attacking Pete Dunne after the match, you know, insult to injury sort of thing. <laughs> And then much like Samoa Joe did when Owens was attacking Sami Zayn, uh-huh. you have Walter come out and they head for the hills. You don't you don't give away the confrontation or the physicality straight away. Yeah. You just have Walter maybe have them rough up Mark and Wolfgang. Yeah. But Joe escapes, you know. And then you've also got Walter who has a massive following, but you've also got Joe the heel with something else to moan about. Like you took my moment, that was my moment, that uh-huh. wasn't your moment. And plus if he came out he is a face, he'll get a big reaction. And the show will end on a high because it does seem like if a heel wins the title and maybe it feels like the show has ended on a bit of a downer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like that idea, but I also kind of like the idea of him coming out if he confronts Dave Masters at the end of his match because Dave Masters says, I like guys who are mass size who hit hard as hard as me because he wants evenly matched mm-hmm. Mas- Mastiff. Mastiff. Oh, you mean Mastiff? Mastiff yes, yes, Dave Hawkins. Fr- that, that, that classic rivalry, France versus Austria. <laughs> yes. But yeah, he comes out and he squares off him and, like, and we build this next big man v family, the next sequel. And I'm hoping for that moment, his first match on XT UK TV, where a jobber like, squares up to him on one side of the ring and rolls his him and chops him to the other side of the ring just off. I think we, <laughs> obviously, he's a heel at the minute, but. Going up against the coffees who are established heels and Wolfgang, uh, they could easily change this. Marcel Barthel, who is 
Walter's tag partner in w, is WXW. He's, he's uh, he was as Alex Teaser Jr. part of Ring Camp along with uh, Timothy Thatcher. So he's there. Uh, Fabian Knightner's there. Who is, by the way, he is an amazing talent. Yeah, definitely. I, I like absolutely him. love him. I'm, I'm glad that they took him out of NXT US because he's been wasted there. Definitely. But um, yeah, have him, have the three of them maybe go up against Gallus. That's his backup, even though he doesn't need it. Yeah. You could still have, you know, the dark match of the next ta- takeover. Uh-huh. Coffee and Wolfgang against Barset and Eichner. And then yeah. leading to the title match itself. I do mm-hmm. definitely see that him, if he's going to come in, if he's going to be a part of the team, they two be perfect fits for him. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah, and I'm really hoping to see you all because we've seen them at Shug's House Party Night 1 against BT and it's a great ch- match. Chop fist. <laughs> yeah. Just, all you need to do if you don't know him is go on YouTube and say Walter Chops. Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> not for the faint of heart, really, is it? No, he, he messed up a fair few people's chests this year. Yeah. Did he not cave in somebody's ribcage at one point? I have no idea. I do remember seeing a wrestler put, put on Twitter a picture of his chest after Walter was done and he was all bruised and purple oh, and all that. It's Jesus like, Christ. Hopefully, no one's eating during this. Like we are. <laughs> How does that? Like we, I spoke to Scott the other day about Joe Coffey's finisher, all the best for the bells. You know, using a, a classic Scottish saying. Could we maybe have BT Gun start chopping people and just call it Hell Slap it into you? We talked about kind okay, of the original, like, the total elimination, like what they've been there with some sweet slime or kicks out one being up there for thinking, doing there for dancing. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I need to go to Worker College. That like that these past few days, all I've spent doing is watching wrestling and thinking about utter shite. Yeah. Also, don't coffee always seems to bad when somebody ducks that move. Maybe it's because you shout a full sense before you hit the move because you feel <laughs> need to shout the, the name of the move before it hits it. Yeah, I think it is why they want. I, I loved his one against. Like uh, shout, like shout. I'm gonna punch you, and be surprised when someone ducks your punch. <laughs> yeah, I loved the one against Travis Banks, where Travis Banks blocks it, mm-hmm. and the block is that powerful that it spins coffee around. Yeah. And he hits him on the way back round. Yeah. <laughs> I did like when it was said, uh, like, Guerrero went for the Springwood DD, he sprung through it, and he came back and just got caught with the lariats. Yeah. He spun while his bag was thrown, so he didn't know it was coming. It was actually up until last night when I was just like, I don't really like Joe Coffey, and obviously having to watch so many of these NXTs in a row, yeah. and with him being promptly featured and having great matches, you know, he's only really had, I believe, two matches since he came back to ICW. He had the tag match the night before, Fiend Loathing, and then. I think he said a couple, he had a couple of like Fight Club matches, but they were just mm-hmm. kind of very far between because he was keeping them, he would be there and then yeah. he wouldn't be there, then he wasn't. Then he well, wasn't. he's had obviously, he had the match at the last TV taping against Liam Thompson, which was good. He had the the match at Fear and Loathing. He's going to have what should be a, a great match coming up at the Square Go with Ilya Dragunov for the ZOG title. Yeah, yeah so he, he had them and like, they were good matches, but there weren't much to like change my opinion on them. Yeah. And it was just sitting, it was like two in the morning, and it's like. I wouldn't hate it if he won. I actually really enjoyed this faction. I like Wolfgang, I like Mark Coffey. Joe, like I said, you know, somebody proves you wrong, you don't mind it in wrestling. Yeah. And yeah, he's my pick to win it, and I was just watching looking at him. I wouldn't mind if you won that match. <laughs> yeah, and I think that match at the Hydro especially suffered because it was essentially a straightforward wrestling match, and we just had that with what Blash and Hendry did it the, the match before, so it just felt like the same old thing. Yeah. Kind of but uh, I don't think there's much more we can really say about NXT UK other than regardless of who wins it's going to be a fantastic night wrestling wise Yeah. and the um, fact that we're going to be there for that we can see we're there for the first ever historic <laughs> first ever historic monumental NXT UK takeover yeah. when the tickets when it got announced it's like I have to get it I, Definitely. Have to yeah. it. I can't miss it can't miss it I currently am working part time hours and going to college and I am a skint student as I have not uh, <laughs> after going from 40 hours a week I have not edited my lifestyle as I refuse to do it. 
So Scott went buying the tickets and I went, how much was it? Uh, it was 30 quid. I went, tell you what, that's my Christmas present. He goes, what? I went, do not buy me anything for Christmas. I do not want anything for Christmas. I am skint, but I am going to that takeover. And I'm buying some heroes anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the th- things to say about this one is that the venue's, what's that, it's about 3,000 people at the seats. Yeah, it's, a yeah. fair, it's a really good venue and a fair yeah. size crowd there, anyway. Yeah. So, and it sold out really quickly, um, within minutes, really, didn't it? But also, you know, the WWE's kind of get, they could have charged more for these tickets than they did. They, they didn't do I think front row tickets were 50 quid and 25 tickets for the, for the rest of the tickets so that's you know to be fair to them that's not too bad yeah. it's pardon me I wasn't expecting you to come in when I was taking a drink but uh, yeah they didn't charge as much obviously we've moaned before at the price of WWE house show mm-hmm. prices uh-huh. I think they've realised if they're going to come to the UK and they want the following that they do need to Limit the the price they put on tickets. Yeah, definitely, and like it's a good looking venue, and it's where it started, so you can get why this particularly was. Because for most people, we'd stand out. Takeover, we had takeover New Orleans, Chicago, Brooklyn, Blackpool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, yeah. No, isn't that? I think this is for a while. This is gonna <coughs> these takeovers are gonna be the closest we have to having proper pay per views in the UK. Because everyone talks about when we gonna get the next pay per view. I think. For a while, we're just gonna have this and maybe this test in the ward before a real, the main, ro- not real, but a main roster show comes over. Yeah, because it's done before with the normal uh, NXT. It was um, NXT Takeover London. Yeah. And it truly baffled me the fact that we didn't have more, or the fact that when we were doing two pay per views a month, <sighs> you know, Ron, like why they didn't maybe in like February. You know, it's <laughs> the road to WrestleMania, so people want to get invested. Definitely. Bring Raw over, and then maybe the month before Survivor Series bring a Smackdown one over and then you can maybe have one or two raw guys yeah. travel over and attack people you know because if you're doing two pay-per-views a month well you could do one on a Saturday and yeah. quite frankly a Saturday one would probably get more viewers yeah cause, and also like NXT when they did uh, London they started doing a UK tour in the lead up to it so you could do a, win, a, win, a UK pay right at the end of your European tour and you could call the tour the road to insert pay-per-view name here too yeah exactly obviously not that kind of name would be too long but yeah and obviously as we've seen from previous shows and watching NXT UK, this is going to be a very loud crowd with some very unique chants, which the commentators are not going to be able to explain because you hear a very unique chant, really uncomplimentary. Whereas the ring is here, a wild crowd tonight here in <laughs> UK. Yeah, I don't want to grass her in as she was a guest earlier, but you know I'm hoping Lucy can keep her language to a minimum when she was <laughs> when she started chanting to Zach Gibson. We don't like you. I mean, I'm all for a bit of banter, but some people just take it far too far. I mean, <laughs> You know he's a character on television, but he has feelings. Yeah, he has feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's we should wrap up there, guys. Uh, I thank you to my panel, Garrett. Thank you, Scott. Well, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat you on that, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, remember, be sure to follow us at Super Retreat. There'll probably be some live treating during Takeover, whether by us there or whoever's watching it from home. The yeah, unlucky buggers who couldn't come with us. Yeah, me and Sarah plan to do maybe a. Instagram takeover and all of us have access to the Twitter page so we will probably be posting throughout the day or yeah. our road to NXT takeover Blackpool where you could see Gary get more and more frustrated <laughs> as we get to the venue having to put up with the four of us in his car. But so we also just... have a roving reporter yes, who do Lucy, live broadcasts. Yes, Lucy Kerlihan on the scene, <laughs> on assignment. <laughs> you see videos of us just sitting in the back of the car. Gary, are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? If you ask one more time, I'm throwing you in the car. Ross, stop playing with the radio. Oh. Just turn the radio. On the road again. <laughs> the road to take over stops here. <laughs>
Thanks to Thane. <laughs> yeah, uh, stay tuned and make sure you watch all our shows in our back catalogue. Like, it's coming up this week, we've got the Royal Rumble quiz, so it's by Ross. Good luck to you with this one. Yeah, we have Gary and Lucy playing as a team. I don't think that's fair, but if Lee Cool can hold the t- women's title together, then I'm sure if they win... <laughs> we'll defend the title using the Freebird rule. Yes, so... <laughs> You, Ollie and uh, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be Gary and Lucy, yourself, David Hockney, David Campbell, Andy Mitchell, Josh Hong, Stacey Smith, Stephen Strachan, and as always, there in the studio, Kwaku Aji, who will have a horrible time trying to organise this, and I do apologise in advance. Like how Stephen managed to avoid any blame for it by yeah. not appearing on the show. Like, yeah, Kwaku, good luck with this. It was all Ross's idea. Bye. And leaves. <laughs> I sit in anticipation of my impending victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's all from us. Thank you for listening and enjoy NXT UK Takeover Blackpool. Bye. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet, whatever the f you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now